Howdy, howdy. Hey, what is up, buddy? Oh, just, you know, had a fun-filled day of studying. Ooh, more studying, more studying. How was the beer run? Successful? Yeah, yeah, got some beer sitting right next to me, open, awesome. ready to go. Awesome, awesome. Welcome, Chris. Whoa. Did you, did, you get some, did you get an adult to buy that for you or what? <laughs> I got my younger brother to go in there for me. Oh, yeah, he is about, like, what, <laughs> six foot six now? Yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Chris, how was your hike? How you feeling, buddy? Are you nice and sore? Uh, I'm, f- I'm fucking dead, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what you said? Oh you my went, god! You said you went up Camelback Mountain, right, in Arizona? Yeah, the uh, Echo Canyon uh, run, which I guess is like the craziest one of all of Phoenix, Phoenix. So, yeah, I haven't hiked in like. 10 years so i decided to do the toughest one yeah, first. yeah always there. always a smart idea yeah we um when uh, i lived in arizona me and my mom my sister we used to go and do the the camelback mountains and stuff we got really into hiking and stuff those it's it's so it's so beautiful those mountains. those they're they're hills they're definitely not mountains dalton don't think they're like peaks well, but uh they're they're, <laughs> they're real nice i'm pretty sure when i visited once you guys took me hiking up there yeah, I mean, we probably did. We were like, we were super like, let's go hiking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went like geocaching for a bit. Oh my goodness. Oh my, that was a deep seated memory you just brought up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was years ago. Holy. Yeah. Wow. It's been a while, buddy. Well, boys, it has been a, um, I wouldn't say it's been a pretty, I mean, quiet week, week for hockey. There hasn't been like too much going on, really. I mean, Couple games here and there, a few headlines, but nothing. Uh, like last couple of weeks, we've had like eight games in a week. Like it's, mm-hmm. it was kind of, for us, it was a bit of a slow week. Thankfully, thankfully, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, let's let's just let's just jump right into it. You know, just dive uh, right into it. Dive right into it. Really pick it apart. Um, we started uh, last week. Um, I believe it was a Saturday. Uh, no, it was a Sunday. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, who had a bad week, spoiler alert, um, get absolutely splattered by the Jets. Um, wow. Oopsies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was really, I mean, the defense was is bad, and the goaltending is worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris, do you have anything to put to that other than that? I mean, it was like it was like two different leagues. Yeah. Really. It's games like that. You, you know, can, it's – Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm saying it's, it's just terrifying when, you know, Jets fans are talking about how, um, how the Jets aren't even really playing that well and we're second overall in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was one of those it, games that know, made me think um, we need to start using relegation. <laughs> what leg would the Oilers be Or the right Murphy rule. Ooh, the, I don't even know. Uh, see, the problem is if we had implemented that earlier, the Oilers would still be in the B League. <laughs> we take a lot uh, of Connor McDavid's to pull him out of that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, Chris, you got anything else on the on the absolute blowout of the Flyers? I mean, not really. I, I just uh, – what, what do you say? What do you, yeah. what do you say? Like I said, two different leagues. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Oilers travel to uh, – no, the, the Flames travel up to Edmonton for the um, second uh, iteration of the Battle of Alberta. And this one was a little bit tamer, but the mm-hmm. Oilers and Miko Koskinen skate away with a one nothing victory. 
Yeah. Like, uh, when people said that Hitchcock was going to make the Oilers more defensive, like, this is definitely kind of what I was imagining right there. Oh, man. There were some, there were some scary moments. Uh, Koskinen looked real good. Mm-hmm. Um, McDavid scored the only goal, so that's even better. Yeah. And Flames scored no goals. It was, <laughs> and the thing is, normally you're like, oh, one, and it, I'm pretty sure the, the one goal was in the first period, was it not? It was pretty early, that's for sure. Yeah, so normally, like, you get the one goal early, and it's, it's a boring game after that. But it was – I was on the edge of my seat watching this game. Oh, yeah. It was definitely an exciting game, right? Like, uh, like if both teams were totally in it, it was back and forth the entire time. It was yeah. – uh, yeah, it was a solid one. And, man, I hate David Riddich. I'm hating him <laughs> more and more every time I watch him. <laughs> There's a reason I have him in fantasy. Yeah, but you're not playing him ever. Yeah, I keep forgetting because, you know, I'm spending like 19 hours out of every 19 hours with the textbook. It's great. Mm, yeah, yeah. I just finished my, my finals. To, I, my last final is today. I took it at home. It was nice. Oh, lucky guy. Yeah, I got an 87. So, you know, past that. Decent, decent. Yeah. Um, then the, uh, the Jets take on the Hawks. And I believe Crawford was in for this one. Um. Crawford wasn't in, in uh, they, Crawford started this game or was it Ward in this game, Chris? Uh, Crawford and both. I... No, Ward was definitely in one of them because he had that unbelievable oh. windmill save, save on, uh, yeah. on Connor. It was the first one. Uh, oh, he was in the first one? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So uh, Jets beat the Hawks uh, 6-3. Um, I believe at one point this game was 3-3, wasn't it? Yeah, the Jets were having their way with them. It was, they were like a, a cat that's playing with a dead mouse and yeah. then gets bored and has a nap. And then the dead mouse comes to life and then it wakes up and kills it the mouse again, pretty much. Hmm. Do you have any change in feeling on a, how Hellebuck's playing recently? Because, I mean, 6-3 win, he obviously still gets the win, but, uh, I mean you might want him to stop more than – or let in less than three against the Hawks. Well, one thing that somebody pointed out to me that I think is pretty interesting is, you know, they did make changes to the um, goaltending gear uh, over the offseason, and some people are suggesting that that might have something to do with overall increased goals against average and lower save percentage. So I don't know if maybe that's affecting Hellebuck a little bit more than others, but – He's certainly not the same goalie he was last year. Are you noticing more pucks just happening to go through him or stuff like that? Or Yeah, I think so. All right, all right. I, I, I definitely have noticed that. Um, not so much with, with the Oilers because Koskinen doesn't let in anything. but uh, Maybe maybe in Talbot, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Talbot just looks shaky. <laughs> yeah. Um, then uh, we travel down to the uh, – or no, I believe this was at home, was it? Let me look. I got it written down. Nope, it was in uh, in Colorado. Travel down to the Mile High City. Um, uh, should be changed to just the High City. Um, the very <laughs> very high. City. The very very high city. Um, and the Oilers beat the Avs six four. Um, dominating performance. It got a little rough at the end. We I feel like we 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 were like up like six two or something like that. And then we were yeah. like. And then we were like, ah, we're, we're good. And there's like nine minutes left. They scored two quick ones. And I got a little worried. But and, yeah. and, and the nice thing, though, here, though, in, in the postgame, Koskinen was like, yeah, I kind of let my focus get down. And I, that won't happen again. I was like, yes, yes. 
Yeah, and that being said, that that uh, Avalanche first line is just so good, right? It's mm-hmm. like uh, you're never really going to be too upset when that line scores on you. It's, you know, obviously you'd rather they wouldn't, but they're just so good. It's like McDavid coming down on scoring on you, right? Yeah. It's just it's hard to defend that. Yeah, and that was a, that was actually a big um, uh, thing in that game. Is it was like obviously we won because we had uh, Varlamov. That was his second game getting pulled back to back in that game. Yeah, so Varlamov couldn't stop anything in the last couple of games. But uh, our two big lines were just exchanging punches. And can we talk about that dry sidle backhand saucer blue line oh my blue line god oh my god he's better passing on his backhand than like i think 90 percent of the league is passing on their forehand yeah it's just he's just so good on his backhand yeah chris did you see that backhand pass i did it was magical oh my oh my I'm not gonna lie i uh i definitely uh i I had to have, like, 15 minutes to myself after that play. <laughs> well, it's plays like that that, like, really makes you appreciate having Dry up on there in that line. Yeah. Like, and a fun little stat, um, Dry Seidel is making 2.8, I think, million less than John Tavares is 22 and is currently has uh, on a higher point total, uh, has more points and is um, has a higher uh, point prediction uh, for the upcoming season. So, uh Fun little stat, John Tavares, hashtag overrated. Well, I mean, I was saying that, you know, before the season even started, but don't at me. It's cool. <laughs> you can at him. He just won't respond. Mm-hmm. I'll see the notification, and then I'll just delete it. It's all good. Yep. All right. And then the big showdown of the week that we all were waiting for, the second game of the Battle of the Podcast, the Jets versus the Oilers. Um, this was in Edmonton, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep, in Edmonton. And um, no, it was in Winnipeg. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was definitely in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I read my yeah. paper wrong. Um, and this was another good game. Um, another one where the Jets jumped on the Oilers kind of early, even though the Oilers scored the first goal. Um, Oilers battled back uh, with some a little bit of depth scoring. I think Shayson had one. I think mm-hmm. Jujar Kara. Uh, had one. Yeah, um, a nice pass Spoon- with Lajarvi. Uh, Spooner buried one. Um, and then uh, McDavid hit the post in overtime, and then Morrissey sniped it on Talbot. Yeah. Honestly, this game went a lot better than I was expecting it to go. So I'm chalking that one down as a pleasantly surprised, but still I wish they would have won in overtime. I agree. So, Chris, you're on the winning side of, of this battle for the week. What do mm-hmm. you think? Was there ever any doubt? Oh, 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 he turns the knife. Oh. Oh. Look, I like the but come on. Yeah. Um, All actually, I'm saying is put Clefbaum in that game, and man, I don't know if it's a different story, but it makes me feel better. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, I definitely watched uh, Hellebuck uh, here. Um, and that first goal, the Spooner goal, man, was that soft. Um, I feel like if Hellebuck played better, that game would not have gone overtime. Yeah, I didn't like the I didn't like the tying goal either. Uh, the the Kara goal. No, oh, no, was that uh, the tying goal? Because that was that was a good goal. Oh, the no, Jujar that... one was the second goal. I want to say. Oh man, I really should. I feel like I should prepare better for this. Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you yeah. only had uh, all day. Yeah, right. I can't remember what the tying goal was, but I do remember at the time thinking it was it was soft. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, we got. All right, can I have the, just like the box score? Wow. In this episode of the podcast, we just read straight from NHL.com. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. All right. Goal number one, Ryan Spooner from Leon Dreisaitl. Mm. Um, the one team so- in the slot. Yes, yes. Everyone predicted Ryan Spooner was going to score in this game, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cuddles, buries his second of the season. Uh, or No, second of the Oilers with the Oilers, third of the season. Um, that was a soft one. Then uh, Matthew Perot pots one on the power play. And oh, that was a nice goal, though. I, a nice finish. Mm. I don't know what happened, right? Because he pulled it off the, the kind of the, the half wall from down low. And then as he walked to the slot, Drysaddle or not Drysaddle, Drysaddle like looked at him and like thought there was a guy in the slot, which there wasn't. And then Nurse looked at him and thought there was a guy like back door. Which there was, but he was way far. He, he was at the other half boards. And so they just kind of both looked at him, and Pro just strolled into the blue paint. Yeah. Made a nice forehand, backhand move, put it through the, I think it was Talbot. I yeah, it was, it was Talbot. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, it was Talbot. Yeah. <laughs> Defensive last, but that was also still nice play by Pro there. Yeah, yeah. Um, then Nick Ehlers scores to make it 2-1, and that was one that just he – it was a one-timer. He was actually trying to hit, I believe, Bufflin that was down low, and it glanced off uh, Gravel's skate. Oh, yeah, that one was garbage. I was mad. Yeah, th- I mean, there's not much you can do about that. Uh, to make it 3-1 in the second period uh, – a um, re- uh, minute and 42 seconds into the second period, Patrick Glyne was given way too much time and space, but, man, I wish Talbot had saved that because he got a lot of that puck, too. It just, like, dropped. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's because his goalie equipment's smaller. Yeah. Yeah. That, you're right. You got him. Uh, then to make it 3 2, Darnell Nurse from Shason and McDavid. Um, mm, as everyone predicted. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, then to make it 3 3 was Jujar Kara. Yeah. Ju- oh. uh, from Pugliarvi. Pugliarvi, like, kind of wrapped it around the net, and um, Kara kind of hit a nice little tap in back door. Um, I think the one, Chris, you're thinking of is the one to make it 4-3, the Alec, the second chase on goal. Or the first chase on goal. Maybe. Maybe. Is that uh, one the one where he also just one teed it in the slot? I think so. Here, I can look. I can watch the goal right here. There you go. Um, then Shifley scored to make it 4-4, and then Morrissey scored to uh, win the game in overtime. Yeah, after that, that ping that is so loud. Oh, oh man. Quarter of an inch one way, and that's in the net. But, you know, that's hockey. Yeah, listen, listen I think, Dalton, you put it right. Um, we, I saw Talbot was starting, and Clefbaum wasn't in the game, and we had a pairing of Benning and Garrison. Oh, God, I think I'm going to vomit. Oh, man. If Garrison never sees the ice again, it'll be too soon. It, oh, yeah. Yes, 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 well, yes, I agree. Um, and then, I mean, Chris, you're happy with the win? I mean, obviously you're happy with the win, but how, how do you feel like overall, how do you feel like the game went from the Jets side? The Jets are letting too many teams back into games. I don't like it. They got to get that sorted out. So do you think that's like a d- defensive structure or maybe there's like a disconnect between forwards or d- just goaltending? Like, what do you think the, uh, like the, cause like, like you said, they're still winning games, but you, there's still like 
maybe like a little disconnect somewhere, like just a little hiccup. I, I think it's focus. Okay. Too confident that they could close it out anyways, and so they let the team back in, maybe. I uh, think so. And uh, the, the Shea goal uh, to make it uh, 4-3 was the one on the power play. McDavid picked it up on the wall, and Shea was alone uh, back door, and mm. McDavid just rifled the pass onto his backhand. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it, it, it was basically just a, a McDavid goal and chase on helped. <laughs> so, like, every chase on goal. Yeah, basically. Basically. Um, all right. Uh, moving on. Then we have uh, Jets, Jets and the Hawks for the second time uh, this week. And that one, uh, the Jets won 4-3 in overtime. And I believe, uh, Chris, they let the Hawks back into this one as well. They had a lead and they, the Hawks ended up tying it up. They did. And Brassois was in net for this one? He was. I mean, what are you, what are you, what are you going to do? I mean, Brassois is only – I mean, Brassois is still Brassois. Mm-hmm. He's, he – I don't think there's anybody who's got better stats for their level of play ever in the history of hockey. Like, I don't – like, he's a backup goalie, so I don't mind so much. He's a good backup, but – you know, he what is his save percentage? Is he like top five in the league or something? And he's like seven, one, and one now. Like, it's ridiculous. So, are you saying that like his actual play isn't really affecting, like, reflecting his stats accurately? Or what do you, I'm kind of confused what you're saying here. Yeah, no, he, he, he's not, he's definitely not playing at that level. <laughs> he lets in weak goals, he is a nightmare handling the puck. Um, don't get me wrong. I, he's a good backup. I'm glad that we have him, but he is not a, you know, top five save percentage, you know, only one regulation loss goalie. He, he got that record because the Jets are giving him incredible run support. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm looking at his stats here and I thought you might've been exaggerating Chris, but wow. No, um, they're incredible. Are, are you guys ready? Are you guys <laughs> ready for his, his, uh, Laurent Versoise stat list this season? Yo, hype me up for this. Let's go. I am. All right, you ready? Yeah. Nine games yeah. played. Laurent Bassois yeah. is seven, one, and one. Chris got it. Beauty. Well done. Well done. <laughs> With a 235 goals against. Pretty good. Pretty good. And a 930 save percentage. Ooh, baby. Just give him the Vesna. Wow. <laughs> All he had to do is leave the Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Shockingly, when your team, you know, scores six goals a game, it's pretty easy to win. Exactly. Hey, his save, I mean, his goals against average is his goals against average, boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, right? I, I mean, score. well, you know, when the Jets only allow shots from across center ice, it's pretty easy to make the save. Funny, <laughs> something really interesting to interject here. So, Sportsnet did a special article on the weaknesses of all four Western Conference Canadian hockey teams. Can you guys guess what the Jets' weakness is? Um, um, <laughs> uh, can, I say, I know it's, can I say depth? I, no, there I don't is know if it is depth. It's team stats. It's a no, – the Jets are extremely deep. But, no, it's, it's like um, – it's it's like metrics. It's it's oh. a metric. Metric. There's two of them actually. You're never gonna guess it, so I'm just gonna say it. 
Okay. So um, one of them is allowing chances off the rush, mm-hmm. and the other one is breaking four checks in their own zone. Oh, interesting. So that would lead probably to, you know, obviously more scoring chances and lower save percentage for Hellebuck, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it, yeah. It means that um, most of the goals scored against are going to be like uh, one and done rush plays. Well, yeah, not not necessarily, right? Because they're not breaking up four checks either. Yeah. They're, they're not. They're not and assisting four checks. I did notice that there there were a couple of times when, to be honest, the identity line, the grit line of the Oilers, that big boy line was putting your guys's uh, like defense in just a washing machine with that cycle. Yep. So you guys want to know what the Oilers' weaknesses are? Ooh, do tell. Uh, Is it defense? <laughs> Well, that's not a metric. Um, uh, I'm going to say too many grade A scoring chances. Well, so not really. So their weakness is puck battles, neutral really? zone puck battles, and defensive zone puck battles. So they, they are below league average in that stat. I believe However, you in the defensive zone one. I'd, I'd like to say, though, lucky for us, that is literally Hitchcock's specialty. <laughs> And that's why, you know, I told you guys that the Oilers were going to make the playoffs after they they got Hitchcock. And somebody else said to me the other day that they think that the Oilers are going to win the Pacific. And I actually agree with them. Wow. Mm. Hot takes are back, boys. I mean, I can see it. Like, really, the only top competition to be the Flames right now, right? And they freaking won again tonight. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't. Well, this morning. But, yeah, three two or two one. Yeah, 2-1. Yeah. Anyone who's listening here who is a Calgary Flames fan, uh, can you please uh, stick your head in the toilet and never come up? Thank you. <laughs> Chris's opinions don't reflect the podcast. We love you. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you're a Flames fan, get out of here. Bullshit. Do you realize like 99% of the people I interact with on a daily basis are Flames fans? Oh, so basically everyone you're trying to like be like, hey, uh, I have a podcast. You should listen to it. They're not going to listen to it. Well, I mean, they probably won't listen to it anyways, just because I don't I don't know why people would want to listen to me talk. But like, I mean, they do, I guess that's cool. Dalton, you have a very, very soothing voice, buddy. Wow. Thank you. I should try Uh, and speak more high pitched then. Yes. Yes. I think that would help. Like, I can't do that. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. Let's not. Let's not. Our audio is already bad enough. <laughs> and then uh, last game of the week, uh, last night, the Oilers played the Flyers. And, yeah, I think Saint, obviously the score wasn't as high as the Jets, but, like, the Oilers were just all over them all night. Yeah. The Flyers suck, dude. Yeah. They're well, in a bad place. Yeah. Like, when I was watching the Jets game, I was, like, constantly worried the entire game. I was like, oh, yeah. man, the Jets, they're, they're going to beat us. I'm scared. And then the Flyers game happened, and I, I don't think I was nervous that entire game. Well, I was nervous when the game started just because I know that the Oilers have a tendency to be like, the Flyers, they suck, <laughs> and then lose. But it was at um, home, and Koskinen was in net. And yeah, so that happened. Oh, that, for shot. That definitely might be a record, though, for how long he's been on. Yeah, 23 minutes, 38 seconds. That is wow! Look at you keeping up. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I Koskinen is in that. And on that note, Koskinen is unreal. He's so good. Unreal. All right, I'm gonna pull up his stats right now. All right, 
They're going to be just like the rent for small stats. Stats. Yeah, except with more shutouts. <laughs> like, people, like, I was looking at Twitter today, and people were like, Koskinen, like, is a sneaky candidate for the Vesna. And, like, you're not kidding. Um, give him, give are, are, you ready, are you ready for Koskinen's stats right here, boys? Wait, first, I'm going to do a hot take. Okay, I'm ready. All right, if the Oilers make the playoffs, Koskinen yeah. wins the Vesna. Ooh, all right, all right. I like it, I like it. Um, all right, here's the stat line, boys. You guys ready? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, 16 games played. Koskinen is 11-3-1. Pretty good, pretty good. With a goals against average of 2.12 <laughs> and a save percentage of 930. Who is he, Brassois? I'd also like to point out that <laughs> Koskinen is 7-0 and at home. Koskinen has not lost a game in Edmonton. Can we just start him, like, every home game and then, like, start Talit every away game? Is that cool? Well, see, we also need to win away games, though. Well, like, I'm still riding out the hope that either Talbot starts, you know, remembering how to play goalie or they trade him, I guess. I don't know. Listen, listen, I bought in. Like, I'm all in on what Hitchcock, Hitchcock is saying. He was like... We have two really good goaltenders. And I'm like, all right, whatever you say, Hitch, I'm in. <laughs> I believe in the Snorlax. Oh, my goodness. You're telling me. After watching how the team's been playing recently, I'm in. Yeah. My only fear with Hitchcock is that he leaves after the season's over. No, please. Well, <laughs> my, my, I've, I, was having, I was kind of fearing because, like, we have all these players that are, like, playing amazing. Like, Chason broke his career high in goals last night. Mm-hmm. Um, in 33 games in 33 games like we still have like more than half the season left yeah um, Miko Koskin is playing unreal um, and and like all like man I just hope we I don't trust Shirelli to be like mm, yeah you guys played well one time four years six million dollars no move clause ooh yeah so, well like, Luckily, he doesn't have the cap space to do that. Yes. Because <laughs> of his earlier terrible deals. He's painted himself into his own corner. Good. Oh, God. Um, all right. Anything else to say about the last week's games, boys? I don't know. You just sent me into a depression spiral right now. Oh, uh, really? I'm sorry. All I'm saying is uh, how the Oilers play the Jets two more times, right? There's two more uh, battles of the podcast. Oh, sure. Yeah, sorry about that. Hey, man. Sorry? We're, we're in even split right now. And, and they have been, they both, I would say both games have been really good hockey games. You guys got lucky winning the first one. Come oh, on. come on. Cocky. That was a, that was a huge comeback win. <laughs> it's never luck when McDavid's out there. Exactly. It's just fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we have him on our team. He's yeah, ours. Thanks to luck. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right, boys, moving on to a little NHL news. Oh, goody. Um, so, uh, I feel like we're going to, we're going to start off with a topic we talk about almost every week. Someone was suspended for doing something wrong. And the question of the day is, was it Tom Wilson? The answer of the day is no. Surprisingly. Uh, Zach Hyman suspended two games 
for a hit on, uh, I believe it was Charlie McAvoy of the Boston Bruins. Um, yeah. I will give you boys a second to pull the uh, pull the uh, the little clip up if you want to watch it, so we can get some some real like uh, real time uh, feedback on what you guys think. Yo, no need. Watched it, hate it. The the hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like a real bad hit. And it's just so unnecessary, too. Just so late, and he drills McAvoy when he's in a vulnerable position, right? Like, yeah. I don't... Did, did did he end up getting injured out of that? I don't I don't remember the McAvoy. No, McAvoy was not injured off that play. That's good, because I thought he had a concussion for sure. Because his no, head's he had, smashing he had, against the He had just come back from injury, though. Oh, dear. Uh, Chris, are you pulling it up? So, first of all, if you're a hockey player and your name is Hyman, you should be able to do whatever you want because that's terrible. <laughs> oh, geez. I just – yeah, I, I mean, I yes, yeah. All right, good start. I like it. I mean, I don't know. I'm just looking at it now, and it doesn't look awful. Okay, it's... so Mar- Marner dumps it in. Matt uh, Rask plays – uh, Halak plays it. Man, he just drills him, though. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Hitting's allowed in the NHL, I, and still oh, so late. Though. It's hard to believe. It is late. Like Halak slows it down. It's late, but it's not so. Late. It's late, and the part where he was that far away from the boards, so that when he got hit there, his head just drilled the boards. That's why yeah. it's so bad. If that was open ice late like that, he probably doesn't even get suspended. Mac, I think my biggest issue with is one how far away from the boards he is, and two McAvoy doesn't know he's there at all yeah it's also a bit of a blind side too yeah, but you really need you really need to get some peripheral vision if you don't see that guy coming like that's ridiculous i'm i look i hate the Leafs, and i don't give a shit about zach hyman besides his name which is hilarious <laughs> um and, but i don't like i don't think it's a good hit i think being that far away from the boards there's danger there but he wasn't facing the boards, and he it certainly isn't blindside. That guy, he should be in his peripheral vision. And it was a late hit. Yeah, well, it was. Oh. Yeah. It's a bit of, it's like, there's a bit of it on McAvoy there. Because he was definitely watching his pass, right? He wasn't scanning to see if anyone was going to kill him. Yeah. That being said, it's on Hyman to not, A, interfere with him, and B, not to hit a guy who's in a vulnerable position. Like, if you do both of those, you're going to get suspended every single time. Yeah, I agree. Take out, look how long. The referee to put up his arm for a penalty, though. Even that tells you that it wasn't an egregious penalty. That being said, he did get tossed in the game for it. Yeah, he did. Well, they do a lot of things after the fact. It, like, let's, I mean, referees are fucking garbage, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, if they're not, are they even refs? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like it comes with the territory. I feel like they do a lot of stuff based on reactions. Um, there was one play that was hilarious uh, in a Jets game. I think it was last week or the week before. Um, something happened. I can't remember the exact circumstances, but Mark Shipley waved the penalty off and the referee didn't call the penalty. He had put his arm up. Oh, I remember what it was. It was, um, it was snow in the face. <laughs> he sprayed him. <laughs> Yeah, the player's stick came up, and it was snow that hit the guy in the face, and he, like, threw his head back because he got snow in his face. Mm. So so the ref went to put his arm up to signal a penalty, 
and Shifley did the wave off signal, and the referee put his arm down. I mean, just hilarious. I mean, Shifley generally knows what he's talking about. So uh, Shifley is paying the refs. <laughs> he's got a lot. He's got a lot of respect around the league no, apparently because he can just wait. There it is. We figured out the real reason the Jets are good. They're buying off the refs. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, they're sending. They're sending Shifley and his his, uh, his really blue eyes to go seduce the refs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're slightly narrowing how far the posts are so that McDavid hits them instead of scoring. Exactly, that's what it is. Someone should go measure I, the posts in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I don't. Think that's. I don't think that that. I don't think that's a, a suspend a suspendable hit. <laughs> I just looked at it again. I feel like. I feel like McAvoy like really needs to be aware of his surroundings that he's playing in an NHL hockey game. Um, he's his back is to the boards. His head or his body is pointed towards Hyman. Uh, he's just staring at his pass. Like, I don't know. Uh, to me, the fact that he's not injured, the fact, you know, obviously, you know, it was a late hit and he was like three feet from the boards where there's a little bit of danger there. But um, I really feel like it's got to be shared responsibility on that one. At the same time, there's no reason for Hyman to make that hit. It's just, it's such an unnecessary play, and that's why I think it should be suspended. Um, well, I don't know. I think we're, we finish our hits in hockey, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. But the goal of the hit is to get the puck. Mm, okay. It depends on why you're playing hockey. Some people are just there to kill kids, I suppose. No, no. But if you want, but, if you want to not get penalties, no. the goal of the hit should not be. No, are we? No, are we? Okay, are we going to start talking about the philosophy of hockey? I mean, I could. It but. depends on how long, uh, how long your listeners want to actually listen to a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I will tell you something. My, when I play in an, when I play hockey season, at least when I was younger, the first thing I would do, what in one of the first games was would at, would be absolutely pasting a guy, even though I knew I would take a penalty because. People would get to know I was a bit of a mental case, and they would stay. So it's the same sort of mentality as you're in prison. You got to just absolutely like bite, like (laughs) literally tear a guy's throat out with your teeth, so people think you're crazy. Mm -hmm. But it's got to be the biggest battle. You have so much more room after that. I don't know. Well, so I think I think the difference is uh, um, Dalton is me and you are a little bit more versatile than Chris. Well, I mean, like, I'm all up for drilling people. And if it's a clean hit, I say go for it every single time. The thing is, Hyman's hit was not only not clean, but it was completely unnecessary at the same time. And that's probably where my entire argument really boils down to. So so, so hold on a second, Dalton. I, I don't get this. So you, you're telling me that you do not see the value in finishing your checks throughout a game. You don't see how that, how that benefits your team psychologically and physically. I don't know how Hyman's hit benefited the team when he got kicked out of the game and they got a five-minute penalty. Okay, I'm, but, but I'm taking, the, I'm taking the, the effect of that hit out of, the, out, of, out of the conversation. I'm just talking about finishing your checks. Would I rather which is what finish their checks? Yes. Would I rather – but if finishing your check means you're going to get a penalty, I never want you to do it. But, but now you just contradicted yourself because you say that people shouldn't hit anybody unless they're trying to get the puck back. I, unnecessarily. There's, you're not trying to get the puck by finishing somebody's, but by finishing your check, you're trying to wear down a team and make them think about it. 
right? There is a certain value to that. I'll agree with you there. Like, finishing your checks is a good thing in the National Hockey League. And it's a good thing even if you're playing midget hockey. In fact, I'd say it's probably more valuable in younger levels of hockey just because you can actually play that mental game quite a bit more. That being oh, said, oh, it's a great oh, for thing. sure. Listen, as, as a kid, that, as, as a guy that used to get splattered almost every game I played in a, <laughs> in, in a checking league, like, like, if I'm playing a heavy team that, like, just drills me after every whistle – or, like, every time I touch the puck, they're, they're automatically drilling me. As soon as I touch the puck, like, like I, I, I'm, all right, I'm going to sound like a bit of a pussy here. But, like, I, I'm flinging the puck off. The, the, I, I, the puck hits my stick. If I, see, if, I obvi- if I don't have obvious room, like, if I don't have, like, a straight line, I'm getting rid of it. I'm giving it to someone else. Yeah. There, like, I agree. There is value in finishing your checks. But as, even as a player myself, when I got, like, or I got drilled or something like that, and the guy got a penalty, instantly I feel so good. Like, I don't even care that I got killed. Whatever. Do it again, dude. I'm on the power play. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Oh, listen. I, I played a game on Thursday, and a dude basically lumberjack, two-handed chopped me down after I'd already beat him with the puck, mm-hmm. and he got a penalty, and I chirped him the whole way to the box. Oh, yeah. Granted, it's a little different because that was him trying to, trying to trip. But um, same thing. If, if a dude's going to absolutely plaster me and then get a penalty for it, oh, he's going to hear it. Yeah. I might be afraid of the puck when you're trying to hit me, but I am not afraid to, to give you an earful <laughs> on the way to the box. Chirp him a bit, yeah. Also, oh, my. second shot of the episode for all of you. Yeah, but that's reasonable. I feel like they're, yeah. at, they're, at, they're at a reasonable drinking pace right now. Yeah, yeah. That's only – it was a 14 minutes almost exactly that time. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty good today. All right, yeah. all right. So, um, uh, so try and yeah. wrap this up because I feel like we've had more of a debate over a two-game Zach Hyman suspension than some of the other suspensions we've had. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's only been you know a fourteen-minute debate. So, Chris, you think no suspension? Do you think he should have even been kicked out of the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He should have been kicked out of the game and probably fined. Um, oh, okay. I just think I, I don't think that there's anything like he, obviously bad timing and. He, that's why I think he should have got thrown out, but I don't think he was running around trying to kill people. I just think it was just a little bit late and, you know, um, what's his face? What was his name? McAvoy? Yeah, McAvoy. He was just a little bit too far from the board. So. All right. Dalton, what do you think? Two games, more or less? Honestly, I would probably go with one game here. I think the NHL was a little bit harsh. I still think Chris good points uh Hyman generally doesn't really go doing these things I don't think he was really intending on trying to kill McAvoy here I think he was just trying to finish his hit that went too late and didn't really pay attention to the fact that McAvoy was in a vulnerable position it's on him to notice that kind of stuff but I think a game would have been fair yeah uh I'm I think honestly I think uh I think two games is fair I think uh I mean, you probably could have gone one. Like, you could probably talk me down to one. But, I mean, I don't really see a problem with two games, to be honest. I'm, uh, I've been a fan of, for the most part, watching uh, all the hits that have been happening and the things that we've been talking about suspension-wise that are, that are being suspended this year. And I've been a fan of the, the two-game suspensions for hits like this so far. Yeah. But also, it was for the Leafs, so he should have got suspended for the rest of his life. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um couple of small notes um, before we get into, like, because I, I have a few actually, like, uh, bigger talking points. A couple of small notes. Um, in the game against Colorado, you brought it up earlier, Dalton, Clefbaum, 
blocked a shot with his hand and left injured. Hitchcock immediately said it was going to be weeks, not days. And then did you see the development today? Six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks with surgery on his hand. Pinky, I believe. Yeah. Uh, The worst. Yeah, and Russell being put on the IR as well. Yes, and then Russell's put on the IR. We called up Caleb Jones. He looked decent against the Flyers, but it was also the Flyers. Yeah, Um, I think he had a pretty... Like, reasonable game. I didn't hate him out there, so yeah. he's better he than made, Garrison. He made crisp passes, and oh my god, we have to split up um, that that pairing. Or never play Garrison. Or yeah. Benning. They're, I mean, they are so bad. Benning, I, I keep... I have a little bit of love in my heart for Benning, just because of how good he was before he got that conky. Just no. Nope. 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 I just feel like Benning can be... If not, like I don't, I don't want to play him on the second pairing, but like third pairing defenseman, I'm fine with him there. Okay, here's the thing, my my ideal third pair, my ideal third pairing is a third pairing I never notice. <laughs> That's why I like Gravel. To be honest, I almost never notice Gravel. It's great. Yeah, I love Gravel. He makes yeah, great Gra- plays. Gravel's Gravel's been very good. He's been an- and yeah. I love third pairing defensemen that you do not notice. Do you know what I notice every time that third pairing is out there? Them every time they're so bad, yeah. Um, and, and it's certainly not good doing Benning any favors to be playing with Garrison, too. Why would you put them together? Actually, oh my goodness, I actually thought that Gravel got pushed around a little bit in the Jets. Well, game. he was playing a lot higher than he should have been. Like, he's a good number five defenseman, he was expected to be the number three defenseman on that team, yeah, yeah. Though I will say, with Clefbaum being out, Nurse is getting a huge opportunity. And the last couple of games, I thought he's actually been, been playing quite well. Yeah, I, I up, don't up on that. Yeah, I, I don't love him on the power play so far, but he's done okay. Well, our power play, even with McDavid on the ice, has looked just so underwhelming, to be honest. Over the last couple, yeah, it hasn't been the greatest. Like they, they get a they get a power. Like I know they scored on the power play um, against Winnipeg, but like I'm watching the power play against Philly, and I'm like, this is like like no like power plays are supposed to, like Oilers take a penalty against Winnipeg, and if their power play comes out there, and I'm like, oh my god, this is a death squad they're setting on the ice. Toronto has the same thing. Like power plays, uh, on um. Colorado, same thing. Like when you take a penalty against a team, your power play unit is supposed to be the executioner. They're supposed to be terrified of what you can do. And we go out there, and it's just like pass, pass, pass. Oh, they broke it up. Throw it out of the zone. Yeah, yeah. The Oilers. The thing is, it's so much better than last year already that I, I, I can't really complain about it. I'm just looking forward to Bouchard, <laughs> the Bouch bomb. The boosh bomb. Um, all right, moving on. Um, uh, real small notes. Uh, uh, Weezer was um, selected as the headliner for the Winter Classic game. They still perform? Yeah, how do we feel about that, boys? I mean, they got some jammers. Yeah, I mean, if I was looking to listen to, like, 2008. <laughs> or earlier, yeah. But, I mean, sure, why not? Chris, uh, Weezer. Any thoughts? Oh, well, they, they got Africa now, so they're just going to do Africa and everybody's going to be happy. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, then my other one is, have you guys seen uh, the goodest boy of hockey, Barclay the Pup? He's adorable. He is adorable. <laughs> Chris, have you seen Barclay the Pup? 
No, I'll have to look him up. Oh. Okay, on Instagram, look up Barclay. I think it is. Uh, is it the pup or something? So look it up, Barclay the pup. He's a little uh, no. lab um, uh, puppy oh. of the St. Oh. Louis Blues. Oh, I, I think I know why I don't know about Barclay the pup. Why is that? Um, because I'm not a pussy. Oh, oh sick him. one. Well done. Clap, 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 clap. Got him. <laughs> anyway, I just needed to take take the time, everyone, out because we, yeah. Uh, Barkley the Pup is the goodest boy of hockey. You Don't should at me. absolutely recommend watching him go fetch pucks. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I love dogs. <laughs> so this is why when we get on the ice together, I run your fucking show. <laughs> You're right, because there's dogs in the stand, and Michael keeps getting distracted. That's what it is. Honestly, let's go. I'm bringing my equipment. You should. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do a live recording. We'll get all together. It'll be. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. It'll be you guys whimpering. Is what it'll be. <laughs> After I dangle you to your jaw strap for like the fourth time, you don't want to play with me anymore. Never. You have very interesting fantasies, Michael. Oh, that's not me, buddy. That's not me. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, I, listen, listen. Uh, Dalton's scary um, with a hockey stick in his hand. I like hockey. It's a fun game. And that is purely just because of where he was born. Probably, yeah. yeah. Like, wow. Um. And honestly, Dalton, I pump you and your brother's tires almost every time I talk to someone um, in Florida about playing with you guys. Like, like I'm like, I'm like, because I remember we set up that rink by Kyle's house, and mm. I gave you the wrong-handed stick. That oh. was probably about three feet long, and you were still hitting uh, Ob one timers. Man, that was one fun. Knee. <laughs> and I, I didn't understand how it was possible. That was some good times, dude. Yeah, so I, I pump your tires quite a bit. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. That's good. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, okay, now I've discovered why the St. Louis Blues suck. <laughs> if they actually practice during practice instead of fucking playing with a dog, they might actually not be terrible. Oh, come on. You're <laughs> such a good boy. <laughs> Somebody's got to toughen you up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Back on track. All right. um, getting into – all right, so first off um, – I have written down here, big three equals big minutes. And I believe uh, in that I'm referring to um, uh, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and uh, Dreisaitl are playing like 25 minutes a game. Play them more. You're into it, Dalton? Yo, honestly, like, they're young. They can handle it. If they get worn out, guess what? Just don't do it next season. But the Oilers are winning right now, so I'm like, whatever they're doing, keep doing it. I mean, Chris, what do you think? I, I mean, well, what? How do the how do the Jets run their forwards with ice time? People, I was going to say first of all, people are are really complaining in Jets Nation that um, Shifley and Wheeler are getting the bags played off of them, um, and there's a a couple of problems with that. First of all, you're going to go long and deep into the playoffs. You need your best players to have something left left in the tank, uh, and secondly, we do have some good players on our fourth line who are getting like six minutes a night and it's just not enough. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I think the jets, I think it's a lot less necessary because there is a lot more depth throughout the lineup. 
Um, but at the same time, especially with the type of um, play that Hitchcock expects from his players, um, playing McDavid as much as he's playing him, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's sustainable. Well, it's been sustainable so far. And honestly, um, like the Oilers and the Jets are in a, quite a bit of a different situation, right? With the Oilers, I'm concerned about making the playoffs. So, like, do whatever you got to do with McDavid to make it there. The Jets, it's a little different, right? Because you were right. They have so much more depth than the Oilers have. So maybe it's a little better on the Jets side where you're pretty sure you're going to make the playoffs. So maybe get those fourth liners like, you know, 10 minutes a night, eight minutes a night, something like that. So you're saying, Chris, that they're actually playing Shifley and Wheeler quite a bit. A lot. They're they're like, top. I think they're top, probably top six or eight in the league price time. They're right up there with McDavid. For sure, which is uh, which is unnecessary, like Dalton said, because of how much depth and a little bit more stability you guys have in the standings. Yeah, it's just it's just so tempting as a coach, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. So that's actually a good segue, um, Chris. I have written down here fans not liking coaching, and then in parentheses, Chris rant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's not going to be much of a rant. I mean, you know. On, my, on the hockey forum, I talk, uh, I, I chat on a lot. Um, there's a segment of fans who want to fire Maurice. And it just seems bizarre to me because the, the Jets uh, had 114 points last year. They were second only to the Predators. They made it to the Western Conference Finals um, after missing the playoffs. And he's gone. I, I set him up for failure yeah. by saying it was a rant. Man, I was, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of hoping he's going to disconnect. <laughs> I teed him up for it perfectly, yeah, too. That was wonderful. <laughs> also, third uh, shot of the episode. Third shot of the episode, boys. Um, Dalton, you want to kind of try and pick up where he left off? I mean, I know it's about uh, Jets, but I mean, uh, honestly, in Oilers Nation, though, no one has, is saying a bad thing about Hitchcock. Like, they're, they're talking about building statues of the man. Yeah, everyone's all placated because McClellan's been fired. So they're, they're happy for a little bit. There's a little bit of fire Torelli sentiment still going on. And by a little bit, I mean, you know, 99% of the people. Unless you're, and by 99% of the people, you're talking about 99% of the people that have a brain and not uh, Bob Nix. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you see his last interview? I did indeed. It's so... <laughs> They were like, they were like, all right, well, he's uh, he's not around. So, how do you like? What do you like about Shirelli? And Bobby Nix was basically like, Shirelli, great guy, love him, what a good guy. You'll be here forever. Honest, smartest guy I know. Oh. Went to Harvard. Did you know that? Went yeah. to Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Give Lucic uh, six by seven. You know that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, Chris, we were uh, filling space, so uh, go. Oh, bitch! <laughs> wow. What did you guys hear? Uh, uh, we were up. They to... wanted. Conference finals. Yes. Okay, yeah. So conference finals, and then, of course, this year they're tracking to have a similar point total. You know, we're second in NHL again. First over – first power, number one power play in the league, like top ten penalty killing, and still people are saying fire Maurice. It's ridiculous. So you talk about the Oilers, and I'm sure you guys have heard a lot of Oilers fans saying, you know, Hitchcock sucks, he's too old. He's a dinosaur. Why do you get Hitchcock to, to coach a team with so much talent? Um, so, yet, what Hitchcock has done. He's done exactly what the, the, the teams needed, right? 
Yeah. So I will say, I will say, I, I, me, even me, like when, when, when Hitchcock came in, I, I was thinking those sort of the same things. But right I now, Hitch, Hitchcock can't say a thing that I'm not into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was just so glad Hitchcock wasn't McClellan. So I was cool with it. Yeah, you were really against McClellan, huh? Yeah, I watched him just coach the team into the ground, it felt like. So it feels good to have a coach that I don't feel like I hate every single decision he makes. And the players, like, respect and, like, listen to. Yeah, I know. It's insane. But, yeah, it, Chris, I got a question for you. Uh, Yo. Is the forum you go on, is it is it called Facebook? No, God, I hate Facebook. <laughs> All right, those I, are... <laughs> I, I, have a Chris, I have a question for Chris as well. Yes. When you're on the when you're on these forums, are you uh, yeah. posting links and being like, "Hey, I have a podcast"? Oh uh, uh, no, actually, I haven't done that. I probably should. Oh come on, come man. on, buddy. We're up to thirty-one cents. How are we supposed to make more money? That's almost eleven cents per person. <laughs> no, we gotta come pay on, back uh, Mike, for all the podcast um, money. Yeah. Yeah, Dalton, the last like two months, I've been I've been paying $12 a month to SoundCloud just so I can put our content up. What? My dude. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So last two topics, and they're actually a bit loaded. So uh, this might go real long. So first off, Ovechkin back-to-back Hatties. Ooh. Um, I love his celebrations. Um, so now – so – Obviously, it's real hard to compare to Gretzky. And, like, as soon as he had the back-to-back Hatties, they were like, if he scores 48 goals in the next five seasons, he'll pass Gretzky. What do we think when we say Ovechkin, greatest goal scorer of all time? I say probably, yeah. Um, He's up there. He's up there. He's top five for sure. Dude, top three, if not number two. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Oh, like – who would I put above him? Like, oh, like the, the the dude's unreal. Yeah, he's so okay. So now here's my question: when it when it comes to Ovechkin, right? So obviously, greatest goal is he greatest goal goal scorer of all time? It's it's a debate. He's the greatest the goal thing. scorer of his generation for sure. Oh, for sure, and that's why you call him generational players, right? Is because like you can't really compare them. Because the thing is, is like when you watch Ovechkin's like one timer, like what he scores, like his bread and butter, what he scores his goals with, like forty percent of that one timer is the stick technology, hmm. right? Like if you hand Ovechkin like what Gretzky was burying the burying the biscuits with, like those aluminum half wooden composite twigs, is he still cranking goals like that? Well, I mean, if you're going to make that kind of comparison, too, you got to say, if Gretzky's going up against Carey Price the entire time, is he getting this many goals? It, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to compare. Yeah, which is why but I still think Ovechkin, top three goal scorer of all time, absolutely already. If he passes Gretzky in goals, does he get to be the best goal scorer of all time? Maybe. He gets, he gets pretty close. Well, that's if, he, if, if he, if he, pa- if he passes Gretzky, he, he will be the great, like statistics wise. He, he would have scored the most goals. Yeah. But when you say right, so that scores that... of all time, you don't really, you're not really talking about Gretzky in that thing. You kind of put him in the greatest player of all time category. Right. But Gretzky has the most goals. <laughs> he does. I don't know. When I, when I'm, when I think the greatest goal scorer, I'm kind of thinking like greatest pure goal scorer, like, 
McDavid wouldn't really be a pure goal scorer. It'd be more like the Line, the Ovechkin, those kind of guys, right? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Like fair the enough. Chris, Mike Bossy. Oh, how, 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 yeah, yeah. Brett Hull. I, I think Dalton needs to put the beer down. <laughs> greatest goal well, scorer. Greatest goal scorer. Now, there's it gets complicated because, once again, you talk about different generations, di- different technologies, different quality, right? So you have to consider, like, what the average goal scorer is doing in that generation as compared to the person that you're claiming to be the greatest goal scorer. So um, if you look at what most players do nowadays, how many guys score 50 goals a year? Not many, right? Like one, one if, maybe. If that, right? yeah. Sometimes none. If that. Um, if you go back to Gretzky era, how many people were scoring 50, uh, 50 goals a year? There was like four, five, seven eight two or like, three from the oilers was, themselves exactly so and i'm not trying to diminish gretzky because i can make an argument for gretzky being the greatest goal scorer of all time and the argument i'm gonna make is that the guy did not have an overpowering shot the guy just could score any way you could possibly score a goal and he did it with uh, just an otherworldly sense, hockey sense, and just supreme skill in every function. So, like, I, backhanding, stick handling, like, every single thing that you can imagine a player would be good at, he was the very best at. So, Wayne Gretzky is the greatest goal scorer of all time. Well, that's why I think you have to I, I'd like, differentiate a bit and say greatest pure goal scorer. Because then you kind of, like, take away a little bit of the playmaking thing. Because, like, yeah, but I'm saying greatest goal scorer. Who filled the net the best? Well, then you got to say great best. Yeah. But not even even the most, the best. Like, I mean. It's still Wayne Gretzky because he would just score off his own teammates, right? It's just. I'm not not arguing with you. I was the one who was just making like for Gretzky. I'd like like to to add that Wayne Gretzky did have an overpowering shot. Um. (laughs) You've seen his his slap shots from the hash mar- or from the wings. I mean, he laser beam. Man, they were fucking muffins. Jesus, he was definitely not known for his shot. That's for sure. They were accurate. I don't know. Those slap shots were wild. <laughs> All right, Mister wow. Homerism. Can you put down Dalton's beer, please? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and my my last topic, and then we'll be able to wrap it up and get to predictions and all that stuff. Um. This one's a bit of an Oilers thing, but uh, a bit not. Um, this week, um, Andrew Ference, y'all remember him? Oh, oh God. Geez. Andrew Ference went on the. So, do you guys know where I'm going with this? Have you guys seen this? Yeah. No, um, I haven't. Andrew. Okay, okay. So, Chris, you're hearing this raw. Andrew Ference went on to the 31 Thoughts podcast with um, Jeff Merrick and. Um, oh, my God. Elliot, Elliot Freeman. Freeman. There you go. Yes, yes. Elliot Freeman. Um, Fantastic podcast, way more popular than ours. They're actually legit. Um, overrated. Oh, got him. Totally overrated. Um, <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Ferentz went on to the podcast and basically talked about what went down in the decade of darkness when he was captain. And he, when he was the captain, he did not paint a very good light on the Oilers if that surprises anyone. Um, so I actually have his quotes here. I did come a little bit prepared today. Well done, well done. Um, Okay, so first here, um, so first he, he pointed to the environment as a major cause of the problem. Um, 
He says, I think there's a combination of elements that got to it. I think that, like I said, the aspect of feeling more scared to make a mistake and be the whipping boy rather than being bold and taking your chances and having the, that confidence to try and try the play. I think some guys might get into the role of just being scared to be the whipping boy. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, you urge to win and be bold is less than your urge to not being the whipping boy or stand out, right? So I think that is one aspect. I think that the quickness that radio or newspapers or fans jump and attack their own guys is horrible. I think that the quickness to defend players within in the organization. I remember Jeff Petrie or Justin Schultz being raked over the coals and nobody coming to defend them. And then just trading them when their value after they'd beaten them down for months, then trading them. It's like God. So we'll stop there for a second because there's more. So we'll start with that little aspect. Uh, Chris, I want to raw, uncut. You heard the quote. What do you think? Grow the fuck up. I mean, yeah, I, I see. I understand what he's saying, but you're a, you're a fucking NHL hockey player. You think it doesn't happen all over the place? Um, yeah, obviously Edmonton's a hockey hotbed, but there's lots of other cities around the NHL that have the same – laser focus eye on their hockey team the Habs the Leafs the Jets the Flames maybe not the Canucks because they're all high but um like you have to perform you know like that's all there is to it if you're doing any sort of like elite level job that's in the uh, public eye you have to perform that's part of being you know earning that right to play at that position so I, I he's I mean I'm sorry he was so weak-willed. That's what I would say. <laughs> um, he actually goes on to say, uh, he said, we lost a lot of games and got scored on a ton, but there is narrative where it's just easy to write about something and stick to it, whether it's a player or a concept or whatever it is. You stick to it, and it's fun to write negative things on it, and I'm sure that people call into the show have lots to talk about. It makes it easy. It's an easy way to talk about a crappy situation. <laughs> Oh my god. Dalton, I, I hear you I hear you sighing. It's just like okay. I can see where he's coming from. And like a lot of what he's saying isn't untrue, but the fact of the matter is he's getting paid millions of dollars to be under this spotlight. It's his job, like Chris was saying. This is it must it must be taxing to have people hate on you constantly. But at the same time, like just don't just don't go on Facebook, dude. There you go. Also, he's the captain, the captain, Andrew Ferentz. Yeah. You know what the best, you know the best way to stop everybody writing negative shit about your hockey team? Win some Play fucking better. hockey. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It sucked. Okay, so, so was a fucking yeah. shitty defenseman. Yeah. Sorry. I agree. Shit. He was never. You know, like, he wasn't. He wasn't very good for the Oilers. That's for sure. Do you think Jason Smith complained when the Oilers weren't so good and he was the captain? No, because he was a fucking lights out. Jason Smith. Jason Smith was one of the best players on, on those teams. All time. He was one of my favorite players. No nonsense. Not overly skilled. Just a real smart, just go about your business kind of guy. Did everything well. Ryan, Ryan Smith. That too. Ryan Smith, a fucking beauty. What a fucking beauty. Unreal. Oh, wait, so, so, okay, so the, the interview goes on, and so now we start talking about, like, so he's, ta so in the first, right, the first quote, he was talking about, like, the atmosphere and, like, the media and that sort of stuff and how people are always hating on you. So now he goes to more inside the locker room. Okay, so he goes, I think the most frustrating part for me as a player, like I said, when I went in there straight from Boston where talk is cheap, 
Dallas Eakins is a fantastic coach. That there's another whipping boy that got dragged over the coals. He's a fantastic coach that was dealt just a pure crap hand in a team. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. That would actually listen. You had a couple of players that talked about how they wanted to make the playoffs and talk about how sick they were of losing. Then by game three, after losing 6-1, they're straight out to the bar until three in the morning, lighting up the nightlife scene in Edmonton. Like, come on, give me a break. It was the point where it was ridiculous. The lifestyle was way more important than playing the game, making the playoffs. Like I said, talk is, but like I said, talk is cheap. Even in practice, you came from a group where you're practicing against guys like Bergeron or Chara. You're going at each other with in-game intensity. That's how you get better. That's how you be a playoff contender. That's how you be a champion. Um, you, you try to still instill some of those values. We had other guys that had been on playoff teams, and they had the same frustrations. They'd come to practice hard, and there's a group of guys that had, that had too cool to try hard. They had a derogatory term for trying too hard in practice. That's the culture, right? You could have had any defense or any kind of system, but if you're out on a Western swing and you guys are out every single night until five in the morning, you're not going to win many games. Um, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty damning statement right there. Yeah, and I mean, we all know who's taking shots at, yeah. right? Uh, Taylor Hall, the young core in general, basically. Yeah, Taylor Hall, Jordan Eberle, uh I, I, would you put Schultz in that? Uh, Schultz, Nuge, basically anybody who's young in there. The difference. Oh, so now here's here's my thing. Nuge, it's because they they asked Nuge about it recently mm-hmm. after the comments came out, and Nuge was like, "Never happened." Well, yeah, he's at least or he played it down quite a bit. But also, Nuge is the only guy left out of that as well. So maybe Nuge wasn't really the problem because. No, I think I think they stopped inviting Nuge because they kept IDing him everywhere. <laughs> That's probably it. But also, his his comments are pretty damning. And, like, you do see the the try-hard, put-down kind of thing does come into play quite a bit. And I noticed it even when I was coming up in hockey, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, people are trying hard in comment or practice or something like that, and they got to put them down. And it, yeah, that's just... Another thing, I don't know how much stock I really put into what Andrew Ference is saying here as well. Just because I don't want to believe them. So do you, there's, there's more. Do you want me to keep going? I mean, yeah, might as well. <laughs> All right. I think over the years that have been attempts to disrupt the culture, whether it was Eakins or me or Pronger. All right. So first off, Dal- Dallas Eakins was not a good coach. He had a bad team, not a good no. coach. Um, yeah, he got dealt a shitty hand, but also he like ruined Yakupov. So. <laughs> What, you're saying you can't just make him run triathlons until he knows how to play hockey again? <laughs> Got him. Um, and then he put uh, him, uh, as much as I hate Pronger, Andrew France and Chris Pronger, not, not the same caliber. Not even close. Chris Pronger dragged that team to the cup finals. <laughs> yeah. Whoever it was. Different people came in to disrupt. Um, but I know personally it was hard for me. You come in as an older guy, but far from being one of the better players on the team. So you can be a leader with experience. But I'm not a game changer. Well, at least he knew he mm-hmm. sucked. Um, I'm like a number four or five defenseman. So your voice only goes so far with people that only respect how good your toe drag is and whether or not you're out partying. So your voice doesn't carry much weight with people that don't put value on those aspects. I was bringing from Boston or that Dallas was trying to instill in the team. Um, it wasn't only frustrating, but it was pissing me off because it was a waste of years of your NHL career. You never get those back. And you see a coach like Dallas get treated really unfairly. Was he perfect? No, he'd be the first to admit that he'd do some things differently, but taking the blame for everything. What are you supposed to do with a culture like that? 
yeah, there's a certain amount I blame Dallas Eakins for for the Oilers' struggles. But at the same time, like, if you look at that team, that's not a team built to succeed. It, no. It took a long time before the Oilers got to that point where they were a team that actually looked like it could succeed, right? And even last yeah. year when it was like people were getting hyped about it, that was a team that was once again just built to fail as soon as you lost Clefbaum, basically. Yeah. yeah. So certain amount of it's on Dallas Eakins. There's probably a lot of truth to what Andrew Ference is saying. I kind of hate that he's coming out and saying it, but, you know, what can he do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, so so then that's why, do you feel like now knowing, like hearing these things that he's saying, do you think Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, better trade? I don't think that will ever be a good trade. That being said, I Oof. love Adam Larson. And he's our best defenseman right now. He is, but it could explain a bit of why the trade happened. Maybe there was a lot of the rumors going on about Taylor Hall around the league, so no one really wanted to touch him. Maybe something like that was going on. Yeah, and I mean, and with McDavid coming in, you don't want if like if he had that attitude, like you don't want him getting anywhere near corrupting McDavid. (laughs) McDavid is an angel, and if you ruin him, I will kill you. But that's that's kind of the difference I'm also seeing between McDavid and Hall, even, you could say. is like, for McDavid, all of last season, it was shitty. It was tough the entire time. But he was still going, and he was being that leader on the ice game after game after game. Whereas Taylor Hall would... He would still try and be that leader, and he'd always play hard, for sure. But, like, you really didn't see the back check out of him. You really didn't see that kind of stuff out of him. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and and like that's why you see McDavid named captain his second year in the NHL. Mm-hmm. That and he was you know the best player on the team as soon as he got there. Yeah, well, I mean that helps. <laughs> it's always you know it's easy to name someone a captain when they're probably the yeah. best player in the National Hockey League as soon as they skate a second on the ice. Um, well, I have sad news. It sounds like we have lost Chris for good. Um, for the rest of it, I uh, don't know what's going on on his end. However, I have sent him a picture of the upcoming schedule, so we will be getting his predictions still. Hmm. Excellent. <laughs> so, I mean, Dalton, do you have anything else you want to say to the Andrew Ferentz comments? Uh, nothing really about the Andrew Ferentz thing, probably. Oh, okay. all right. Well, that, that's all I have then. So we can uh, keep this train right on moving. Did, I got um, something to bring up, though, real quick. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see... Oh, man, now I can't remember his name. I'm actually going to go nuts. Give me half a sec. Did you see that Patrick Berglund got suspended indefinitely by his team? I did, and I meant to write that down last night, and I completely forgot. Yeah. So, for those of you that don't know, he got suspended indefinitely because of his te- from his team because he was faking sick in order to not play. What? The Buffalo Sabres are good! But apparently he wasn't getting the ice time, so rather than play fourth-line minutes, he decided he just wouldn't play hockey at all. This is also a guy, mind you, that has another three years at three and a half million a year with a modified no-trade clause. (laughs) Faking being sick. What do you think he told the doctors? (laughs) Um, Probably exactly what I told my mother when I didn't want to go to school. 
Do you think he like had watched like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and like was like he like someone and he's like I don't feel so good and he like he like spit in his hands so his hands feel clammy mm. and he's like oh no yeah you know went and put his forehead against like a light bulb or something like that so it looks like he's a fever exactly exactly <laughs> fooled them all got him <laughs> and th- but then when they went in to walk into his hotel room you know that his contraption mm-hmm. that, that looked like he was sleeping yeah. fell apart and that's how they got him yeah yeah they got him he's just behind there he's just playing xbox instead he's playing Fortnite. <laughs> it's like damn it patrick um yeah i did see that that's that's uh that good little good little touch nice little cherry there buddy yeah, thank you thank you I, th- I thought we should bring it up at some point yeah yeah, yeah. um hey i forgot it this, this is why there's three of us exactly. well now two of us <laughs> all right all right so um we're gonna jump into uh weekly predictions i have chris's predictions here uh he texted them to me so we he is still here in spirit because we love him yo but for first who won Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris won. Ah, never mind. It's not real. Yeah. Don't don't even tell him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris. Chris won last week's. Uh, he won. I believe it was a score of three to two to two. Oh, close one. Um, it was a close one. So now the overall score is you are up uh, ahead by three. Chris has two, and I am dragging behind at one. You'll get there, buddy. I believe in you. I. You know what? I. Yeah. Hey, man. I'm crushing you in fantasy. <laughs> That's all that counts. Wait, was I playing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you were. Buddy. Holy, I am. Yeah, not in the fantasy hockey mindscape right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also have McDavid and Nuge, so Ooh. what are you going to do? Ooh, too good. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so, okay. So, first game of the week. Um, tomorrow, the Winnipeg Jets play the Tampa Bay Lightning in Winnipeg. Uh, Dalton, we'll start with you. Tampa, 4-2 victory. All right. Um, all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. 4 2 Loss for the Jets. Yeah. Uh, Chris is actually also going against the Jets wow. with a. Wait, did you say a four-two loss? I said a four-two loss. Did he also say a four-two loss? He also said a four-two you... loss. Oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> um, and he actually got it before you. So oh. uh, you want to you want to maybe switch it up, make it a four-three loss? Oh no, we're gonna go for a four-one loss now. Oh, he changes it to a four-one loss. Chris goes to the four-two <laughs> loss. <laughs> You know what? I hope Chris comes back and listens to this, and I want to let Chris know that we love you, buddy. I know you were roasting me, but we love you. 4-3, Jets win. Oh, get out of here. Hey, I, gotta, I also got to play the gamesmanship a little yeah, bit here. Yeah, you garbage. I'm going to say 4-3, OT win oh, again. Oh, fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then um, Oilers play Vancouver for the first time this year. It's been a, it's been a while. Yeah, um, it's weird. Uh, I'll kick this one off. Um, Vancouver's goals, like goals against, like team plus minus, is horrid. Oilers are gonna win five two. I'm gonna go with Oilers are going five one. <laughs> Games and chip. Oh yeah! All right, all right. Uh, Chris says that is a three two Oilers win. Ooh, he's going for the close one. Yep. Um. All right. Then on Tuesday, the Oilers play um at home. Uh, against St. Louis uh, for the second time of the season. All right. Um, Chris, uh, I'll start this one off with Chris. Chris says um, it is a uh, 4-1 Oilers win over St. Louis. All right. I'm going to go with a 3-2-1 Oilers win. 3-1 win. All right. I'm going to say a 3-1. I'm going to say a – I'm going to say a – 
four. No, he had four one. Oh, geez. You're not gonna go I for the shutout. Oh yeah, three nothing shutout. There you go. Well, I mean, Koskinen's yeah. gonna be a net, so yeah, Kosk, Kosk with the shutout for the extra point. There you go. Um, all right, then on Tuesday as well, though it is a later game, the Winnipeg Jets play uh, the L.A. Kings. Um, is this one mine first? Sure, I'll go. Yeah, sure, go ahead, buddy. Uh, I'm gonna say the Jets win three to nothing. Jets win three nothing. All right, who gets the shutout? Hellebuck. Three nothing win. Helly. All right. Uh, Chris has a two nothing win. Ooh. Um, against L.A. Copycat. Though he did it uh, first. Yeah, he did do it first. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I'm gonna say St. St. Louis sucks. Dude. So bad. Um, um, I'm sorry, all the St. Louis listeners. Um, uh, I'm gonna say a. I'm gonna give them the benefit of doubt. Say four one. All right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll get a goal. Maybe. We'll see. Um, if Tarasenko right, so isn't then, traded by then. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, then the last game of the week. The Oilers only have two games this week. Oh. Um, the, San, the San Jose Sharks play at home against the Winnipeg Jets. Chris says that it is a 3-2 loss to San Jose. Wow. In, in overtime. Wow. 3-2 OT loss. All right, Dalton, what do you got? I'm going to say a 4-3 regulation win for the Winnipeg Jets. 4-3 win. All right. I'm going to say a 4-2 win Ooh. for the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> so we're the ones who have faith in Winnipeg. That's a little weird. I, I guess so. Chris actually going two out of the three he chose. He thought they're losing. Oh, Man. Wow. Not a lot of faith. Of course, of course, watch. Next week he's going to tell me I read his text wrong. <laughs> Here, I'll read him real quick just to make sure. Yeah, yeah you go and check. I, I will do the wrap. I'll do the wrap up. Um, I don't know. It looks right to me, dude. All right. Fair enough. All right. You, we got two opinions. All right, everyone. This was a bit of a longer podcast, so we appreciate everyone sticking, uh, sticking with it. Um, we appreciate all the listens. Uh, we um, Shout out to Anchor and Pocket Cast for the, uh, the sponsorships. We're up to 31 cents, everyone. We're going. Oh, man. So this is episode 10. We did um, it. So we did it. We made it. Episode 10, and we look forward to many, many more. Uh, of South of the Blue Line. You can follow us on, on Twitter at Blue Line South, on uh, SoundCloud at South of the Blue Line Podcast, um, Apple, Apple's, Apple Podcast, wow, um, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Google Podcast, Spotify, anywhere you can find your podcast, we are probably there. Look at Blue Line South Podcast. Um, I am Michael. Chris is here in spirit. Dalton is in Calgary. As always. And we will will see you next week. Bye-bye.